0: Welcome to the Situation Report for August 10th, 2023 as Lieutenant Colonel Murray. I want to talk about signal tonight because there's a lot of signal that's coming out and you're not seeing a lot of it in the mainstream media. And it's things that will have a tectonic effect on not only politics, but the geopolitical landscape across the planet. The first one is in Niger. There was a military coup in Niger several weeks ago. And It directly affects France in a number of different aspects. The biggest aspect is that France gets most of its uranium from Niger, and it is under the umbrella of two companies. Niger losing a French-controlled asset, i.e. the president, means that France loses all its influence in the region, and they have to actually pay higher prices for uranium which powers all their nuclear plants. If you remember, France went away from solar and wind back to nuclear because it realized it couldn't meet its electrical needs with just bio-friendly, quote-unquote, and eco-friendly technologies. It's pretty interesting when you think about it, but that's not the most interesting aspect. The first one is ECOWAS, which is basically African nations banding together, like the UN, are moving troops into Into Niger as we speak at the same time you're seeing military airplanes fly out of Niger into Chad to a U.S. military base i believe it was Chad what does that mean it means a couple of different things number one that's a CIA supposedly a CIA airfield CIA dark site and if you don't know what a dark site is it means that it's a, it's a base that's not on the map, controlled by the U.S. military or by the CIA, and it does nefarious activities, nefarious missions, for lack of a better word. We have them all over the planet. And when you think about it, what's the best place to hide new technology, technology you're trying to operationalize, and activities you don't want the rest of the world to, to know about? In the middle of nowhere. That's where you put it. So we have bases in the Azores. Notice how you never hear about the Azores anymore. Not a hell of a lot going on down there. But it's in the middle of nowhere. What a good place for a prison. What a good place for clandestine activities. What a good place for a dark site. The same is true for Africa. There's parts of Africa that literally no one goes to. And you might think that Africa is a small place. It's really not that small of a place. So this this move not only disrupts the UN, but it also disrupts France. By sending African troops in into an African nation, it essentially tells the French, you're done here. We don't want you back. We don't want European influence. We don't want colonialism. We don't want Any UN troops here, this is an African problem, we'll solve it. Now, you know, we used to have a saying in the military that pretty much everybody that was in power in Africa was a bad guy. Excluding, of course, South Africa. Now, it's a generalized statement, but in a lot of the smaller countries, you could make that claim, one dictator after another. But in this case there's still a lot of European influence throughout Africa that people don't realize. And the if the CIA were the ones that not only conducted the coup, but facilitated all of the activities around the coup, that's a, that's a massive move against the CIA as well. And what it tells me is that that both the French and the CIA are being thrown out of Africa in favor of the Russians and Chinese. And you can bet that the Russians and the Chinese were involved in this somewhere too. When you start talking about basically gunboat diplomacy from the, from the early 1900s, you start to realize that a lot of those activities have been going on for over a hundred years. And we're seeing, we're seeing the death of an empire, not just our empire, but the British empire. Because a lot of these activities for the last 100 years have been controlled by the British, and specifically MI6 over the last 70. They have gone, and, and again, you don't, if you don't study history and you don't know anything about the region, because we don't teach it in school. We don't teach it in college. We don't teach history anywhere unless you're a history major. And even then, you get a cursory view. I took a history class in college back in the 80s. We covered the Civil War in one hour. That's not even enough to cover one battle, let alone any significant actions or figures from the battle, let alone any significant figures or actions from the war. And essentially it was, yep, the states went to war over slavery. Not true at all, but You know what? That's what they're teaching. Revisionism has been around for a very long time. People don't realize that revisionism is still a thing, but it is still very much a thing. And we're seeing it in schools. We're seeing it pretty much everywhere kids are now. We're seeing it. All of those things that uh, you take for granted from your past, every single one of them has been rewritten right down to how we prosecuted the war. When we, when we started World War I and World War II, our whole aim, and this used to be taught in school, our whole aim was to take away the enemy's ability to wage war. We don't do that anymore at all. And that's a significant change from where we were you know, 80 years ago. We don't do that. We go in with limited objectives, et cetera, et cetera. All that's been rewritten in the history books, every bit of it. And why it's important is people don't understand the history of specific regions. They don't understand the history of specific cultures. If people don't take the time to really dig, dig deep into certain aspects of certain cultures, certain regions. Case in point, the ethnic diversity that's in Ukraine, Russia, and the surrounding countries, people have no idea that that diversity goes back 1,000 years and more. And they don't understand that the ethnic differences between the groups in each of those regions are significant or why a conflict would break out. It's it's like Armenia. People don't understand the history of Armenia. They don't understand the history of Georgia. And you could go down the list. The point is, is that all those historical references repeat themselves over and over and over again throughout history. This The, the old saying, history repeats itself, that's a reason why I keep talking about historical things. Because there's a reflection back in time somewhere that it describes the events today. And this this phenomenon of going after political opponents, this is not a new phenomenon. McCarthy did it in the hearings in the 50s. The FBI was basically an arm of one of the party or other throughout the years under, F, uh, under uh, uh, J. Edgar Hoover. The things we're seeing are not an anomaly. What's different about this aspect and this period of time is the fact that the apparatus and the system that we've operated under is starting to falter and crumble right under our feet. That's the significant difference between where we are now and where we were 100 years ago or 80 years ago. And if you don't understand the regions that we're talking about, just from a a tribal or ethnic perspective, especially in Africa. And you really are not going to understand why things are happening there. But to sum it up in in one sentence, the European powers have had basically colonial outposts in all parts of Africa since the early 1800s. There's been a presence throughout Africa by the British, by the Dutch, by the French, the Italians, the Germans, you name it. We have not had a significant presence, but we have had a presence in Africa for a very long time, probably 50, 60 years. But we've never had a significant uh, basing presence there. We've had bases in some way, shape, or form, but nothing like we have in Europe. And why that's significant is that we don't have a lot of strategic interests there, that we're, we're losing right now. The French and the Europeans absolutely have a lot of interests. Most people don't realize that the diamond trade was started for the most part in South Africa. And that was a significant, um, and still is a significant pipeline to Europe for diamonds and precious gems. Most people have no idea. Most people don't realize that a good portion of Strategic minerals, including titanium, come out of Africa. And the Chinese have been running around for the last 20 years doing exactly what we did after World War II, and that was buying mining rights and water rights all over the planet. So it's no coincidence that when Niger was basically overthrown by a CIA coup, that China would encourage and Russia would encourage Niger to move African forces or uh, would encourage the African countries to move forces into Niger instead of Russians or Chinese. Remember the Chinese do everything through proxy and by moving, by moving African forces into Niger versus UN forces means they have a significant amount of influence in the region. We're not just talking about the actual coup. We're talking about the influence of the European powers in in the region which is significant if they lose that piece of real estate especially for the french and by moving african troops in it forces the french to either move in and invade or give up the territory there is no in between and if it's a strategic inf- in, if it's a strategic resource that they need then macron is in a quandary because throughout the last two years, he's alienated most of his military leadership. And they haven't sent the French Foreign Legion in there. And there's not enough of them to hold the country anyway. So they have a significant strategic problem on their hands right now that will affect them long term, not just from a, from a power generation perspective, but from a raw resource perspective. And it will change the dynamics of the entire region if they give up that land. I'm curious to see what the next move are. That's the first piece of signal. The second piece of signal is what's, what's transpiring right now in Ukraine. You're seeing Russian forces move in the north. And I, and I told you that several months ago, that when the Russians start to move, it's going to be a land grab. And so far, it's not a land grab, but as the Ukrainian forces are depleted, Resources are depleted, which is what's happened. They're going to start moving faster and farther. And we'll see some significant advances probably in the next few weeks if things keep going the way they're going. Why that signal is that the U.S. and Europe, Europe has walked away from Ukraine. The The G7 summit that took place is literally they, is literally an example of the Europeans turning their back on Ukraine and saying, we're done here. And then, of course... Zelensky gave his, his you know, his Super Bowl loss speech. All of that is significant, and we're going to see that play out on the battlefield probably in the next few weeks. And why it's significant is that as they take more and more real estate, they're going to come across more and more, um, probably biolabs. They probably have specific targets in mind. And once they start uncovering those biolabs, then you're going to see probably more and more. Um, information about the nefarious activities that were in those biolabs—that is, with the information they haven't destroyed yet. So it, it's all of that signal, especially right now in Ukraine, and we're probably going to do another um, live sitrep um, sometime this weekend with both um, Lieutenant Colonel Piper and Lieutenant Colonel Conrad, and. I think it's going to be uh we'll talk probably talk this this topic. Now there are there are other pieces of information that are floating around right now that are signal and the other one is there was an in- interview with the CEO of Twitter now X where she talks about and I I watched almost all of the interview. There's only much of CNBC that I can actually stand in one sitting. But Um, she talks about how they're going to do payments, payments between friends, payment proper processing. They're going to make, they're going to set it up so that you can use it like signal and like, um, like, uh, what do you call it? FaceTime or zoom as well as other, um, social media pieces along with entertainment. Does that sound a lot like WeChat to you? Because that's exactly what they're building. Musk said last year, literally while he was buying Twitter, that he wants to make WeChat. And that's what he's doing. And it's no coincidence that WeChat is used by the Chinese as an intelligence platform to not only collect, but to shut people off. And remember, it's mandatory in China that you carry a cell phone. It's mandatory that you have a QR code. You can't move, you can't eat, you can't work, you can't do anything without a Q- QR code. So what do you think is going to happen when Musk is able to put all these pieces together in X and then force, force, mind you, retailers to accept payment through through X? At First, it'll be voluntary. And we've seen all this with what? With the COVID mandates. We saw every bit of this, everything he's building right now, we saw with the COVID mandates. So the COVID, the entire, the entire COVID storyline, entire COVID narrative was not just about the vaccines. It wasn't just about the COVID lockdowns. It was about measuring how much of the public was going to go along with this forced indoctrination into one payment system. And more importantly, you saw retailers, you saw airlines, you saw logistics companies all being forced to, to do one thing or another by the banks and by the federal government. Do you think it's going to be any different once they get this apparatus in place? They're going to force retailers to accept it. It'll be voluntary for you, just like the digital IDs. They have digital IDs almost in in almost every state now. I think it's like 35 states or 40 states now that have digital IDs or the ability to get a digital ID. Once they get enough critical mass within the population, they're going to make it mandatory. Which brings me to my next point. We saw the regime take the swing states, take the Senate in 2020. They got greedy and took the presidency. Then they took the swing states in 2022. In 2024, they're gonna take the remainder of the swing states if we get that far to the election. It's no coincidence that the installed regimes in every single one of the swing states is trying to institutionalize the cheating. And I I did a long post this morning. I started out with a few comments and then I expanded on them this morning telegram. And I was specifically talking about the apparatus that's been put in place, not just here in Arizona, but in all the swing states. The plan was to keep us in COVID lockdowns through 2025 with variants A through Z. At the same time, roll out something like WeChat. At the same time that's going on, they're institutionalizing all of the cheating and all the control mechanisms to stay in power. And this is not just a liberal or Democrat thing. This is, this is a uniparty, Republican activity that's going on in every state in the country, bar maybe one or two. They did this as a test run for 10, 15 years in Washington, Oregon, California, Massachusetts, and most of the eastern states most of the Northeastern states, sorry, New York, especially, you cannot get a Republican in office in any of those states unless it's bought and paid for, or it's a controlled asset. There has not been a Republican majority in Washington state or Republican in power in Washington for the last 30 years. And it started way back in the 90s. They're trying to consolidate power. They're trying to install regimes in every swing state so that they can control the outcome of every single election moving forward. But it goes way deeper than that. They want to not only control the elections, they want to repeal all of the sanctuary state status for firearms. They want to reduce the amount of firearms rights that firearm owners have and they will do it here in Arizona. Arizona is, they voted into constitutional law here that this is a sanctuary state. They did it two years ago, I believe. Leo Biasucci is the one that that championed the um, legislation. And Ducey spent his last two years doing nothing other than blocking any legislation that would hinder them from consolidating power now fast forward to katie hobbs she has vetoed more bills in one year than any other governor in the history of arizona her whole job is to buy time and lock down the senate and lock down the legislature until 2024 when they can consolidate power that's her whole agenda not to mention push all of this this uh Um, critical race theory, the border issues, and everything else that the administration's pushing. Every bit of what she's doing right now aligns with what's happening in D.C. Everything you're seeing and happening and hearing here in Arizona is coming right out of Washington, D.C. There's no coincidence that this is happening. Literally no coincidence. This is a concerted effort to turn all the swing states blue. And here in Arizona, the people that made this possible Rusty Bowers, Ben Toma, and Karen Fan. Those are the three biggest contributors. Karen Fan killed the audit. Rusty Bowers killed any kind of questioning, any kind of legislation for voter integrity for the last two years he was in the Senate, and then, or sorry, in the House, and then. Ben Toma takes over, and he's a lamed up because he's going to churn out. And guess what? He's given the legislature to the fucking lobbyists. This is no coincidence. These people were paid off, and there's something to the allegations about property being being purchased over market value for payoffs. There's no coincidence that Doug Ducey's house, a moderately priced house, may be worth four hundred thousand, went for two million. That's a fact. All these people are on the take. So the signal in all of this is going to be what happens in the next three months. What is the what's the administration push through? Because look, Katie Hobbs will have no problem declaring martial law in Arizona. She will have no problem doing that. Now, whether or not she can get the police and the military, especially the National Guard, to mobilize and actually do something, that's a whole different story. But the point is they put people in place that are positioning not just the swing states, but the rest of the country to be primed for some kind of a black swan event where they can declare martial law. And they have the right people in right places to do it. Remember, all these people have a mission. Adrian Fontes, his job is solely to institutionalize the cheating. Chris Mays, the secretary or the uh, attorney general, her job is to go after any political dissidents and political adversaries that question the election, which is what she's doing right now. And everybody in the Arizona legislature, and in key positions throughout the state from 2019, and I'm going to go back to 2018, until now, are complicit in this. There is no other way to say it. And it is unbelievable to me that no one from the elite are standing up. It makes me really wonder what the, the absolute... Ground truth is with the elite here in Arizona, you cannot tell me these people are communists. They're either being threatened or they're being paid off. And my guess is they're being paid off. How do you explain Karen Robeson? She's from the oldest money family in Arizona. And people saw right through her. In my mind, she was the designated loser. She was supposed to run instead of Carrie Lake. They were doing their best on August second to get rid of Carrie Lake so they could run her, make it look close, and then put Hobbs in, so it'd be more legitimate. And that didn't happen. And because of that, most of the public, sixty percent to be exact, believe that the twenty twenty two election was fraudulent and stolen. Sixty percent of Americans. That should tell you that their plans are disrupted. And why this? Why I'm leading down this path? Talking about this specific talk is that you can start to see now there's all this movement in all these different countries outside of Ukraine. Now the Ukraine's starting to fall, that will distract away from what's going on on the ground in Ukraine. Remember, this is an existential fight for both Ukraine, the elite, and Russia, and they were not successful. The elite were not not successful at starting World War Three or going head-to-head with the Russians. That may still happen. Maybe they're waiting in the wings, waiting for the Russians to be depleted. I don't think so. I think they're going to shift their focus to Africa and try and start some kind of a conflict down there. But you notice how you don't hear anything about what's going on in Taiwan or China. Do you think that's an anomaly? It's just another theater of operations. Now, Let's say all things being equal, that the U.S. doesn't do anything in Ukraine, we pull our forces back, we move the equipment back home, et cetera, et cetera, that still does not stop them from some kind of a black swan event or a red dawn moment. Remember, when we talked about this in the the live sit rep with all three of us, all three of us agreed that this is a one trick pony for the Chinese. They have to be successful when they pull the trigger, whatever that may be. If it's disruption ops, if it's occupation, whatever the case may be. But there are Chinese regulars on the ground. There are Chinese special forces on the ground. There are other national special forces on the ground. I know that for a fact from people that are still inside the system. So that... All of that, when you look at the bigger picture of how they're trying to occupy the American public with everything other than what's going on here strategic oil supplies, strategic oil reserves running out, logistical system severely hindered from all the derailments. Key long haul trucking companies, logistics, have filed for bankruptcy and ceased operations in certain parts of the country. You have issues with food production. You have issues with with fires and anomalies in food plants. You have issues with logistics, and you start to see the bigger picture. We're heading towards a culmination point. And they they really like the end of October to crash the economy. So if you're looking at the crystal ball, you can see that we're heading towards some kind of an economic event at the same time. All these culmination points are coming together. And if you're not prepared for it, you're going to be surprised. I, my firm belief still from last year to now is still that they're going to make all these things happen all at once. This is a concerted plan, and the Chinese are involved, the Russians are involved, and the elite are involved. There might be cons- competing interests in different parts of the world, but they would not set this country up for the situation it's in now if they didn't feel like they had control. And I think from a bigger pr- bigger picture perspective, they're going to lose control because there's too many people now that see what's going on. Even people that are outside of the, of the truth movement are starting to see that things are drastically different than what they're hearing in the news. That's why they're turning away from the news and turning towards alternative media. We're going to see this event happen, and what I'm talking about, though, and why I'm I'm talking about all these things is that there's this, this um, term they use with people that have codependency, post-traumatic stress, that are addicted to things. They have this what's called amygdala hijacking, uh, and that's probably not the exact term for it. But it's sensory overload. It means that you're, you get so flooded with information that you go into fight, flight, or freeze. And why you're seeing all of these things in the news, why you're seeing all this information being pushed into the Internet. Remember, I said they flood the system with garbage. The reason why they're flooding the system with garbage is that they're approaching this culmination point and they want people to be confused and disoriented when it happens. So if they flood you and you get hijacked, guess what? You're not able to make rational decisions. That's why the news is crazy. That's why social media is crazy. That's why movies and TV are all crazy. It's They want you to be jacked up all the time. So, that when major things happen, they can manipulate you because you're in fight, flight, or freeze mode. So, if you're paying attention to the signal and you tune out the social media, all the noise in social media, and you tune out all the disruption in social media, and you turn off the TV and you turn off the radio, and you just listen to things that are not high, that are not, um, that won't flood your system, guess what? You're gonna be able to see these things clearly and see the warnings and indications. And I think those will start several weeks earlier than the actual crash, market crash, fuel shortages, et cetera. You're going to see the rumblings in social media. And here's here's something that um, I didn't pay attention to today. I was literally in Lahaina not even two months ago. I spent a week there. It was, it was fantastic. And burns up yesterday. I have been to that region. I've been to that area specifically almost every year for the past 15, 20 years. And I can tell you that high winds and fire are very, very rare there. I've seen winds, but I've never seen high winds there in all the time I've been there. And more importantly, it was raining a few months ago. It was not that dry. In fact, it was very wet when I was there. And that's maybe two, three months ago. Hawaii doesn't have the seasons like we do. That That part of the island is arid, but it's not. it's not completely dry. And for high winds to kick up, It's unusual. Now, right on cue, the whole directed energy weapons conversation came out of nowhere. And everybody's talking about, well, somebody saw a directed directed energy weapon. I'm not paying attention to any of that. Because that's not the signal in what's going on there. The signal that's going on there is that thousands of people were just displaced overnight. Where are those people going to go? What is the, the state of Hawaii going to do to help those people? And then more importantly, what's going to be built on top of that? Was that cleared and fire started so that an oligarch could go in there and buy that area? That's the signal that you should be looking for. Not the rhetoric, not everything else. The tragedy is that a, you know thousands of people lost their homes, and I think six or eight people lost their lives. That's the tragedy. But the signal on this is what happens now? What do they do next? All of that matters. Every bit of it. That's why I don't pay attention to everything I see in social media. The things I pay attention to are things that have national level effect, especially when you start talking about um, military movements, military activity, and geopolitical um, movements throughout the world. Those movements are not by chance. Those movements affect resources, they affect logistics and lines of communication. You don't look at the tactical, you always look at the strategic. And there's, there's always gonna be a myriad of stories that will distract you away from the bigger picture. The bigger picture right now is Congress is out of session and the legislatures are out of session. What are the governors doing? That's signal. Now, the last piece is this article that came out in the gateway punted about the Michigan fraud and how the state police and local police sent a report to the FBI about fraud in Michigan, and they were going to investigate and there's a bunch of conjecture on it. I don't care. I don't care because it's not going to change. The FBI is not going to investigate it. The AG is not going to investigate it. No one's going to get prosecuted. It's just noise. It's noise and distraction. Just like the whole impeachment conversation. It's noise and distraction. They're never going to impeach Joe Joe Biden. They're never going to remove him from office unless they have somebody worse to put in his place. That's not signal. Signal is what's happening on the ground in Ukraine, what they uncover in the biolabs, what's going on with disclosure with the vaccine injuries, what the actuarial data looks like for Europe, the U.S. and countries that were mass vaccinations took place. That's signal. All the rest of this is fucking white noise. And the reason why I pay attention to those things is for two reasons. This immigrant migration that's going into Europe is to replace all the people that are being killed by the vaccine. And I looked at actual actuarial data from Europe, I think, a week ago, and 250,000 people have died since January. Europe is not that big of a population. That's a significant number of people that are dying suddenly from the vaccines, and no one is paying attention to it. That's signal, folks. That's why I don't give a fuck about Hunter Biden or Joe Biden or the rest of the malcontents in DC. It's an echo chamber. They're going to, their day is coming. Pay attention to the things that matter at the national level and this and the, the global level. Your activities should be in the local area in your community. Do things in your local community. But the signal is what's happening in those tectonic shifts at the geopolitical level. That's the signal. All the rest of this shit, like, I had four conversations about Barbie. I don't even give a shit about the movie. I don't give a shit about anything that comes out of Hollywood. I don't watch mainstream TV. I don't watch the news. I don't even care. The people that I talk to have more information than anything I could get from the mainstream media. I don't pay attention to it. I don't even pay attention to Steve Bannon for the most part, because he's saying the same tired shit he's been saying forever. We're going to take, take it back in 2024. You notice how Posobiec and, and Steve Bannon are still talking about the same shit they were talking about in 2020. Trump's going to take office, and then 22. Lake's going to take office. Trump's coming back. Now it's 24. You notice how they don't talk about anything that's going on in the swing states? Unless they correct and fix the, the, the fraud in the swing states, there's no fucking chance of Trump coming back to office, even if they cheat. The people that count the ballots are the ones that matter. Go look at what just happened in the special election in Ohio. Voting machine irregularities. County rooms that were, that were obfuscated. The the list is exactly the same as what they did in Maricopa County. That was the model for the rest of the country. How the fuck do you think Trump is going to come back? He's not. That's why I don't listen to Bannon. It's the same tired rhetoric, which brings me to Alex Jones, which is my last topic. There was a, there was a bunch of spin about Alex Jones this week. Alex Jones called this, Alex Jones called that, Alex Jones is facade. Alex Jones is a controlled asset. I don't care. I really don't care. Because I don't listen to him anyway. First of all, I can't stand the way he talks. Second of all, I can't stand that it's it's fear, 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 buy my shit, like Mike Adams and Stu Peters and the rest of those guys. Notice all those guys came out of nowhere and all of a sudden they're huge. It doesn't happen without deep pockets behind you. So someone's behind them. Are they controlled by one party or another? I don't care. Because we're past the culmination point. The event is on the horizon, whether it's a week away, a month away, or two months away, the event is on the horizon. Whether it's economic, whether it's logistics or everything at once, it's on the horizon. Doesn't matter who's doing what to who. Just like it doesn't matter if you're going to wake people up, you're not going to fucking wake them up. I have, I have family members that I just stop talking to because they're just clueless. I'm focused on doing things. Now I'm focused on doing things in my local area. I'm focused on random acts of kindness for people. I'm focused on actively listening and I'm focused on participating in my community. And, um, I'm going to conduct a uh, information operations campaign against my fucking HOA. The point is I'm not focused on minutia. I'm focused on signal, focus on signal and stop worrying about all the other nonsense that's out there. It's not going to matter when all this happens. It's not going to matter. What's going to matter is who you have around you and who you can trust. That's what matters. No one's coming to save us. There's no white hats on the horizon. We have to save ourselves. So you might as well cut through the fear and start making plans and doing things. Now's the time. And given the fact the world's so crazy, I'm going to end today with a little REM. I've listened to these guys forever. And this song is fitting. That's called the end of the world as we know it. Most people have heard it. We used to, in the uh, ICBM business, they used to play this song and they would show videos of um, warheads coming into the Kwajalein. And uh, that's their sixth sense of humor. So here's a little REM to end today. And remember, no fear, no surrender. God bless. One team, one fight. Here's REM. It's the end of the world. (laughs)
1: I'll <laughs> Slice and burn, return, listen to yourself turn